your guests need to be extraordinary for people to really enjoy it and to keep coming back. Okay, welcome back to the Marketing Playbook presented by Details Interactive. Here you'll take away three game-winning marketing plays every episode to take back to your team. I'm your host, Mark Friedman, and my career has been focused on direct-to-consumer marketing, direct mail, physical retail, and digital commerce. This is episode number 62, and today's guest is Max Brandstetter. Max is the founder of Max Podcasting and the host of the Wow Business Growth Podcast, where he has just completed his 200th episode. Max is also a friend and the one most responsible for getting me started with this podcast. He helped me think through what I wanted to talk about. He helped select music and creative, and he edits each show for me. So a big thank you to Max for helping me start my show. If you want to reach out to Max, you can find him at max at maxpodcasting.com to help bring your podcast to life. Let's open the playbook. Ready? Break. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Marketing Playbook Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Max Brandstetter. Max is the founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting, a podcast production agency that saves time for small business owners with their high-quality podcasts. He's the host of the Wild Business Growth Podcast, featuring over 200 wild entrepreneurs, including the minds behind WordPress, Stacy's Pita Chips, Dry Bar, and the voice of Bart Simpson. He has a true love for dad jokes and is an asset to any trivia team thanks to random knowledge from editing over 1,000 podcast episodes of all genres. Max, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you so much. This is, uh, this is really cool. As, as you alluded to, I spent a lot of time hosting, and it's always extra special uh, when I get a, a guest opportunity. And uh, you and I at this point go way, way, way back, so we probably have lots of dirty secrets about each other that we'll so, uh, spoil today. Well, there's definitely lots of uh, mutual uh, acquaintances and, and friends. Uh, your, your uncle Cliff uh, and I are, are good golf buddies, and uh, your future uh, father-in-law and, and mother-in-law are very good friends of ours. We know your future wife. Uh, she just happens to have the same name as, as my daughter, Dana. So uh, lots of connections here. And you know, for the listeners, um, you know, you'll hear about this, but you know, this is kind of uh, a little nerve-wracking for me. Uh, Max is the teacher. I'm the student. Uh, I got into podcasting uh, with Max's uh, help. Uh, he's continued to uh, help me through the editing uh, process of the uh, now 62 shows that I've done. So Max, thanks for all that. Of course. And, and watch your mic placement when you're talking. No, I'm just messing with you. No, uh, but uh, the connection, we, we could talk for an hour about all the connections we have. But I, I went back and looked. I, you were a guest back on the Wild Business Growth Podcast back in May, middle of May 2019, uh, which was episode 43 of the podcast back then. So maybe just a couple of things have changed since then. But uh, we've we've seen you bloom and blossom as a podcaster. And, and now you'll get to episode 100 before we know it. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll hope so. And, and congratulations on your 200th show. That's uh, quite an accomplishment. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of your favorites, though you know nobody ever wants to talk about their favorite. But you know the drill here. Our listeners know the drill. Uh, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, people's background and try and get a sense of, you know, where did you grow up? You know, what, what were you doing, you know, growing up that, um, you know, perhaps was foreshadowing uh, the career that you have today? First of all, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been a 
crazy journey podcasting has opened up lots and lots of doors, uh, including literally your front door. <laughs> but when I look back, uh, it's been a pretty organic journey in the podcasting world, I would say, going from podcast listener to podcast host to podcast producer as a service to starting a podcast production business. And I can't say there's anything from my childhood that would say, oh, he's going to grow up and interview people and help people get their shows off the ground and, and do the behind the scenes work and all of that. Like there, there wasn't anything like that. It was really, yeah, it was around 2017, the first podcast I ever heard road tripping with uh, our mutual <laughs> basketball, we'll call him buddy Channing Fry, who's been on the Knicks and uh, the Cleveland Cavs, my team as well, as well as Richard Jefferson. They had a podcast and they had Kyrie Irving on, and it was the first time I'd ever listened to a podcast. And it just blew my mind because it felt like you were sitting there in the locker room with them. And it felt like, you know, it, these these were huge stars who you see on TV and CN Sports Center and all this stuff. And they seem like larger than life figures. But when they get behind a mic and just talk about, you know, everyday things, it's like, wow, you know, these are just normal guys, too. Like, it feels like you're sitting there with them. So it's, it's a really intimate and just very unique form of content that I had never heard before. And that that was the first nugget of... Yeah, there's something really, really cool about this type of audio, and then it's it's blossomed from there. You know, people have asked me, and and I you know I want to come back to uh, you know your school and all, but um, you know people have asked me a few times, specifically my wife, why on earth do you want to spend time doing a podcast? Can you make money from doing a podcast? And you know it obviously takes time and preparation. So you know I've answered the question my way, but why podcasting? You know what was it about it that um, you know, seem to really entice you to to doing it. The biggest thing for for me that I, I realized really quick once I started doing it was it's an incredible networking tool. Like it, it opens doors. And, and Mark, I know you're a huge fan of networking and connecting with new people as well as reconnecting with you know friends of old. And I've never seen any sort of networking tool like a podcast because when you get together like we are right now and and like you do all the, all throughout the year uh, with guests, whether virtual or in person, you never know what that conversation is going to turn into. And in our case, I mean, we'll get a little meta here, but you know, our relationship has turned into, you know, partnering in uh, multiple podcasts and multiple roles of hosts and guests and uh, referrals from both sides to business and mentorship. And so that's just a small example of what it can lead to, but you never know who you'll end up working with. You'll never know who knows who that, you know, might unlock the next chapter in your life. And it's really the most exciting thing for podcasting on, on the hosting side is just creating those possibilities, making them happen because you, you never know. There's kind of an aura of excitement with, with every interview you do. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's funny that you you know talk about networking. Um, I like to you know talk about you know the networking that I do, and it's it's really you know helped me in my career. And you know as you know from editing all these shows, you know we sum up at the end of the show, you know kind of the three key takeaways. And um, you know oftentimes one of the key takeaways is you know especially for the younger people that listen to the show is that networking is really crucial. And, you know, I've been able to maintain relationships from, you know, with people that I worked with 30 years ago and, you know, not for any reason other than um, I could be helpful to them and, and maybe down the road they could be, you know, helpful to me. So, um, you know, for those that are listening, um, don't underestimate the power of, of networking. So you grew up in Cleveland. I did. I, I couldn't tell if that was like a Wait, seriously? Tone in your voice when you said that? But <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Born and raised in Cleveland. Uh, lived there up until 
college and then obviously went went home during college as well but yeah endless love for cleveland uh shout out channing fry and the Cavs uh, 2016 championship again had to throw that in there <laughs> and your your family uh has uh, still has today a uh, a family business called hippo direct you worked uh there for a period of time hippo direct does what super cool super super close to my heart uh hippo, hippo direct is specializes in mailing lists and email lists and and helping you if you're a small business and you're looking to target those either through direct mail or through email in an industry that's maybe a little bit different than yours. Uh, that's that's where we really, really specialize. So over the years, clients have often been in the dental space or medical space, um, some higher ed as well, nonprofit. My, my dad in particular, who's you know founded the company back in 92, the year I was born, he's a true list expert and, and mailing list and email list nerd like he would tell you or, or geek so he, he knows the list side super well as i know you do as well mark but it's uh it's something that is really cool you know coming on 30 years now for the family business and i always tell people you know a lot of people growing up you know when you're a kid you come home from school and you know maybe there's an hour or two before your parents come home from work and uh, for me i would come home from school and go down to the basement where my parents' office was and, and, and check in with them, you know, while they were still working and, you know, talk about our days. And, and so they kind of, they, they, they've done this remote work slash work from home thing for a long, long time. And that's kind of the only thing I've known. Hippo Direct is a really, really, really cool company. And it's, you know, everyone who's, uh, the vast majority of people who work there over the years have been uh, in our family, uh, literally family members in, in, in some respect. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. I spent my, a good portion of uh, my early career in the catalog and direct mail business, and I had never come across Hippo Direct. And then, you know, and even all the years of of knowing some folks in your family, never really had the conversation about, you know, hey, what do you know others in your family do? And you know, it wasn't until you know I really got to know uh, you. Uh, that I heard more about Hippo Direct. So uh, small world, uh, certainly a small industry. And what role did you play while you were working in that business? There's a couple different areas here. So like if you go back and, looked on, and look at my LinkedIn and see some of my earliest, uh, I, I guess the, we'll call it the resume part of LinkedIn. The summer after my senior year of high school, as well as a couple years in college, I interned for Hippo Direct. I interned for the family business over those summers. And back then it was... Some basic data entry stuff as well as on the content side, which I'm sure I didn't even know what the term content was at that point, uh, was creating, you know, we made, we made videos just to create some buzz. Um, it's actually pretty funny if you go back and look at Hippo Direct on YouTube. There are some pretty cringeworthy <laughs> videos from July 2010 uh, where we literally had this hippo mask that myself and my dad and my mom would wear and we'd make these little teaser videos. And so like I did that one summer, I created, would literally do these hand-drawn graphics that we would use for at different parts on the site and in blog posts. And so it was kind of more on the creative side. And then uh, I'm sure we'll talk about kind of my, my foray into the corporate world as well. But after that, I, you know, left my corporate job, joined the family business uh, for a full-time job. Uh, and that and that was my main focus for a few years there. And there, I was the uh, digital marketing manager. So we did all of our social media content, you know, building those out. We, you know, we we basically had zero to minimal social media presence before that. So that was a focus at the start, and building out our blog content, making tweaks to the revamped website, and then somewhere along those lines, 
this whole podcasting thing happened. So started the Wild Business Growth Podcast. Then, then started uh, the podcast service, which Mark, as you know, I'm endlessly grateful to you because you know to this day you've been one of my earliest clients in this podcast production space. And that's kind of spun off into uh, you know the whole separate business, Max Podcasting. But I'm still helping out Hippo with some adwords and some content and blog strategy and stuff to this day just a, a little bit less of my time than uh, it was for those few years yeah that's a really interesting uh you know run you, you did allude to uh, some time in the corporate world uh, so you worked at henkel uh, as kind of a marketing in a number of different marketing roles you, know, you were coming out of you know family business then you spent you know a couple of years uh, four years i, I guess at, at henkel's and then went back to hippo so w- was that a good experience for you to see how you know a larger organization ran along the way yeah yeah it definitely was and it was and to put in perspective for that timing so my, so my first job out of college was at this company called sun products which later became acquired by Hankel. So it's all it's all Hankel there on LinkedIn. But uh, so so that was my first job out of college. So I started as an assistant brand manager, worked my way up to associate. And uh, for anybody who's not familiar with Hankel or Sun Products, a lot of those products are in the laundry space. So I became very familiar with uh, all the all the different laundry brands, and uh, I worked on everything from whisk kind of the old school detergent to snuggle uh, snuggle bear that you see. I've I've met the snuggle bear along the way. No truth that that's your picture. The snuggle, no. <laughs> that yeah, I I I mean, I'm pretty soft, but no, but uh, I am super thankful for that experience, and I ended up staying there for about three and a half years, as you mentioned. And I think uh, I learned a lot of what I did like about what types of things I was working on, but I but I also learned a lot about what I didn't like about kind of the huge structure like that, and also doing things that are weren't as close a fit of my passions of what I'm doing now. Like now, <laughs> obviously, as you can imagine, it's, it's a bit easier to get super passionate about your own business and kind of an industry that you've made the choice to go kind of all into versus uh, when you're treating something more as like a job and a learning experience, like right out of college. So it's a big difference. But I would say that the content side, the marketing side, the creative marketing side, I always really, really loved in those brand management roles. What I didn't love, and this is this is nothing against Hankel or Sun Products. I'm sure this is super common in uh, just kind of the big corporate world. But the the time it took to, to do things, to take action, and the time, you know, just the processes and the how much needs to happen in order to just get something done. And <laughs> that was a, a big thing that kind of wore me down over time. And I realized that I want to make a change. And uh, on top of doing something that you know I was passionate about and wanted to be in a more entrepreneurial space, you know, I'd grown up with this family business, and I was like, you know, this, what better time than now to, uh, you know, join the family full time and uh, you know see what we can do to kind of uh, revamp this business. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know back to the early stage people that listen to the show. You know, oftentimes I get questions about you know when should I make a job move? You know, is it bad if I jump around? And you know. Uh, I, I think, you know, when I was, you know, early in my career, you know, people were looking for stability, longevity. Um, and, you know, I think people were just less, less interested in making, you know, job changes. You know, the, I think the culture has changed now. Uh, you take an opportunity, you, you see if it fits with what you're interested in, and there's no harm to make a change and, and move towards something. It's just important to know what you don't want to do as it is to uh, know what you do want to do. Um, so taking that uh, risk to make a change is, is a good thing. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and that's something that I feel like is even more expedited over the past two or three years. You know, you hear about people that will stay in a role for, for one year or two years. And obviously, you don't want to get the reputation of changing too, too, too frequently to the point that you get there and people are like, oh, when are they leaving? But there, uh, there's definitely, it's, it's a different world in terms of the ability to, you know, create online businesses and create businesses around areas that you're really passionate and kind of build out from there and, or even build businesses around your personal brand. And so there's a lot of really, really exciting opportunities, but I think any way you slice it, uh, whether that's in the corporate world or agency life or, or somewhere else, uh, if you spend a little bit of time trying out some different roles and doing that full time, you're going to learn a ton about what you like and what you don't like. And uh, for me, when I started that first job in the corporate world, I didn't even know what podcasting was really. And so I, I couldn't have foreseen going down this route. But I think by the end of that, I, I had an idea enough of where I wanted to go that um, I would have said, oh, this is, you know, that, that would be pretty cool to do something like that. Do you have a direct-to-consumer business? I enjoy connecting with guests on this podcast because it reminds me what I love to do, strategic and tactical consulting for businesses like yours. If you'd like to speak with me about your business and see how you can add a fresh set of eyes to your team, contact me at mark at detailsinteractive.com. Now let's get back to the marketing playbook. Last I saw, there were over 850,000 podcasts available for people to listen to and 50 million episodes. That's just incredible, you know, to me. But clearly, there, there are lots of folks out there consuming this content. So uh, let's talk about, you know, podcasting as it pertains to your business. So explain to everybody what you do in your business. Well, first of all, I am amazed that you counted the number of podcasts one by one. That's pretty incredible, Mark. But that's why I was late, Max. <laughs> of course. Uh, but there's, oh my God, I think you hear different stats every week of like now we're over 2 million podcasts or 4 million podcasts. And then there's debates about, well, how many are actually active? Uh, and so it's, it's a crazy industry. It's growing like crazy, but it's also, if you compare that to how many blogs there are or how many books there are, like it's, it's still an extremely nascent young industry uh when you when you think about other forms of uh, a content communication out there but in terms of me and so you know alluded to me as a podcast listener and i'm sure we'll talk about me as a podcast host as well but in terms of podcast production so uh you were as we mentioned a an early client in what is now max podcasting which is my podcast production business and so this came about because I was doing the Wild Business Growth Podcast and still do every week, as you know. And I realized pretty quickly in this podcasting world that, wow, you know, on the positive side, this is an incredible networking tool. If you have a product or service that you want to bring to life through podcasting and potentially use it as a lead generation tool, it works great in that space as well. Like there's so many positives to it. But on the negative side, oh my God, this <laughs> podcasting takes a ton of time and a ton of effort and a ton of commitment. And it's not the easiest thing to just add to your plate, especially if you're doing it all by yourself. So I had the idea, and I was doing a digital marketing service at the time. I had the idea that really I should be offering a podcast production service. And that's kind of how this whole thing started. And so what would that look like? And I was brainstorming through, well, there's a ton of stuff up front with the, the whole planning phase, as I call it, of actually getting the podcast off the ground and all the equipment and name and artwork and all that figured out. And then 
as the ongoing parts of it, there's the other two P's. So I call it the three P's, podcast planning, podcast production, and podcast promotion. And so the stage that you and I are at and have been for, you know, over two years now, which is crazy to think about, is production and promotion. So what's that means? That means on, on my end, it's the editing side. It's, you know, Mark, you're recording this podcast. Afterwards, you'll send me the raw recorded files, and then I'll go in and do a full edit of that and integrate the music and clean it up as far as the ums and pauses and all these times that I screw up that as a listener right now, you're not hearing because I cleaned it up and that's a very fortunate opportunity right now. <laughs> but, uh, and then publish those, you know, for you, it's every couple of weeks. And then on the promotion side, it's putting together, you know, those audiograms and blog posts and starting to work in transcripts as well. So we can talk about that, Mark, if you're interested in, <laughs> but the three P's has kind of remained the main focus of that. And there's, there's been some tweaks over time, but it all goes back to the main goal with Max Podcasting is is to save you and other entrepreneurs and small business owners time in delivering that high-quality podcast. As you know, as there's more and more podcasts, there's a kind of greater disparity in terms of quality, and, and people just aren't having the patience to listen to something if it literally can be painful to their ears to listen if the volume's all inconsistent or uh, it's just uh, painfully poor quality. So all about quality and saving you time. You talked about being a one-man band, and you know I, I spent most of my career uh, working in a in a company, you know, as part of an organization. In the last four or five years, I've done a lot more of consulting, project work, referral work, all kinds of different things, uh, and essentially a one-man band. And it's hard to scale a business when you're a one-man band. So, how do you think about the future of Max Podcasting and growing it? And where does that growth come from? Yeah, and it's a, it's a phenomenal question. And uh, this is something my employees and I have talked about. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> this this is something that I mean has grown a lot from the beginning because it's it's kind of interesting. And it, you know, I've I interview entrepreneurs literally on a weekly basis for my show, and I've always loved entrepreneurship and grew up surrounded by entrepreneurs. But I think until you do it yourself. Uh, you, you don't fully realize, you know, what's involved in, in in running a business and all the different things to consider and what it takes to grow the business. So the first stage, you know, back in uh, summer of 2020, when I was launching Max Podcasting officially, you know, standing on the rooftops, hey, this is a separate business. This is standalone production service. Uh, it was, you know, truly just me. And the focus was, you know, getting clients, helping out more entrepreneurs and, and getting enough clients to the point that this is a real business. This isn't just like some side hobby. Once you get to the point that you have enough clients that it's starting to, uh, <laughs> your bandwidth has kind of gone away. It's a, it's a good problem to have, but it's also a scary problem to have and a, and a, and a big adjustment to have. So a big focus for me over the past year, you know, year plus now has been, what can I do to grow this business in order to take on more clients and also take as much of the weight off myself. So I'm not going crazy and staying up all night. And, and, and Dana can tell you there's some nights that uh, was pretty much doing that. <laughs> um, and so right now at the time of this recording, I'm at the point where I don't have other full-time employees, but I have a good mix of freelancers that I'm working with on, especially on the editing side and like the first takes, like the first edits, the lengthy edits that have been a huge help in scaling this business and allowing for speedier turnarounds and 
more clients and enabling enabling us to have greater output, which has been fantastic. And so there's a lot of testing and learning with that process. But right now, like the freelancer stage, and and I can shout out, you know, my buddy Jeff that's been helping out more and more with the editing as well as Sandra and Ben from Fiverr. I got to shout out Fiverr because there's some fantastic stuff there as well. But the freelancers have been a huge help for this. And the next stage is kind of what can we do that is more on like the truly passive income side of things what other revenue streams can we come up with to you know keep this thing growing and scaling and and not just being like all right we're at capacity of <laughs> of how many clients we can handle yeah that's usually where the the struggle is when you're that one man band is is capacity so growing the capacity is is key so you, you know you mentioned you know your the focus of your show is around entrepreneurs uh which is one of the reasons why i love listening to the show uh and one of your more recent shows um was about the the guy from was it Ireland? He was talking about drones. Um, yeah, yeah, Bobby Healy. That was great, I and mean, it's very recent, so folks can go out and, and listen. And we're recording here early part of August of, of 2022. By the way, Mark, I have to I, I have to jut in because I went back and listened to your interview on my podcast. You know, the one back from 2019, and like four times in that interview, we joked about drone delivery. Did we really? <laughs> yeah. What are, What are the odds of that? So, so I'm, I'm glad, and it, and it makes sense that you really like that episode. And yeah, that was um, that's episode two two hundred and one. So right after the big episode two hundred special, and I came across Bobby's story and was just blown away. I mean, imagine getting a, a beer or coffee or even toiletries delivered via drone to your backyard within three minutes. That, that's what they're starting to do in some of these suburbs suburbs of Dublin. That's a tongue twister in Ireland. And so uh, hopefully we can get some of that in the U.S. before too long. Yeah, it's, uh, I think concepts like that are crazy. But you said you came across him. Where do you find your guests? You know, I listen to, you know, some of the episodes. And, and if I don't get a chance to listen to them, I certainly see the marketing that you do, the posting out on LinkedIn or wherever, you know, I, I see them. And I just, you know, sometimes scratch my head and say, geez, where did he find that person? So how do you find your guests? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking about Bart Simpson and uh, Channing Fry. And <laughs> yeah, um, well, I, first of all, I appreciate you listening and, and all the kudos and, and kind words. And that is, I, I found like since day one with podcasting, that guests is a, is a huge time commitment. You know, the, the process of reaching out to guests, it's a huge time commitment, but it's one of the most important things to spend time on as a podcast host, because especially if you have a podcast like you do, or if you have a podcast like I do, where you're interviewing a guest every week, obviously, you know, you need to be good and people need to love you and like you and want to hear what you have to say. But on top of that, your, your guests need to be extraordinary for people to really enjoy it and to keep coming back. And so I made an effort from the very, very early days of, uh, at the start, it was, I would reach out to five guests a week. Like I used to do this every Tuesday, I would reach out, reach out to five guests a week on social media. Um, and some I would, you know, I would track down their emails. Some I would just reach out over Instagram DMs like that. Uh, and, and obviously along the way you get, uh, like yourself, you get a lot of referrals from friends and family members and, uh, and past guests as well. So that was kind of the process at the start. And then as I grew and really as Max podcasting started taking off and taking more and more of my time uh, on the production side, I realized that I, I, I couldn't spend that same time every single week because, I mean, while I'd love to reach out to five or ten guests right now, 
I have clients, you know, I have three clients that need episodes delivered to them today. So what am I going to do? Let my clients down because <laughs> I'm reaching to guests for a month from now, you know? So what I've found really in a good groove over in recent months is I'll batch it more. Like I will, I'll do it once a month or once every three weeks and I'll kind of focus on like 10 or 15 guests. And what the good news is, is as you, as you do more and more interviews, especially when you get those big name guests, like I know you had a CEO of Levi's, you know, big wigs at Reebok early, really early on in your show. Like you can name drop those people in your pitch to potential guests. Um, so, you know, for me, for example, like if I'm reaching out to somebody else, say like, you know, we featured over 200 entrepreneurs, including uh, WordPress co-founder, Matt Mullenweg, Ali Webb from Dry Bar, Stacey Madison from Stacey's Pita Chips. Uh, I usually throw Nancy Cartwright, Bart Simpson <laughs> there as well. But People are more likely to say yes when you have that kind of trust factor there because you've interviewed a good number and awesome, awesome quality of guests overall. And especially, you know, I think especially once you get beyond 50 episodes, beyond 100, beyond 200, people know you're not messing around and people know they're going to have a good experience on your show. And people know your show is likely growing over the years as well. So it's a it's a huge factor. And then the, the, the caveat of that is, and I think Bobby is actually an example of this, Bobby drone man from from Ireland. More recently, I've gotten more and more pitches from so many different podcast guesting agencies. And, and most of the time, and I'm sure you get them as well, Mark, uh, they'll find your email and and they'll send you that. Like I would say 99% of those I, I, I don't pay too much attention to or I'll just take a quick look and see if it's a, a really, really good fit. But every now and then there's a story like Bobby or a story like Haroon Mukhtarzada it's a very easy name to say, who is the uh, co-founder of Truebill, which got acquired by uh, Rocket Mortgage. And uh, every now and then there's some fantastic guests that you can find that way as well. So as you build out your podcasting breath, sometimes the guests kind of start coming to you as well. Yeah, you know, I've uh, started to, uh, I have gotten, you know, quite a few of them. I've not taken any of them up for uh uh, for a show yet. But, um, you know, frankly, if you would have said to me when we started, geez, Mark, uh, you know, are you going to get to 30 shows, 60 shows? Uh, I'm not sure I would have thought that I would have stayed with it for, you know, the first show that we worked on was right before the pandemic started. And I think show three was with Chip Berg from uh, CEO of Levi's. And the fact that he was kind of gracious enough to come on uh, certainly allowed me to use that uh, you know, while I talk to other people. So I understand that, you know, you, you talked a lot about, um, you know, reaching out, there's other prep, right? You know, you're, you're in a, well, for me, you don't have, you didn't have much to do to, to prep, but yeah, I, I came and camped out in your front yard and, and, <laughs> and watched what you do for a living. No, <laughs> you know, there, there's obviously preparation. So, uh, just quickly, how do you prep for a show? Yeah. My favorite way is listening to those guests on other podcasts. So you can, uh, I mean, I obviously check out their website. I check out their social media pages. I don't spend too much time on that. It's more of just looking at their LinkedIn for, like you do, for their past experiences, past career stops, and you know, sometimes even what they studied in school because those can be great icebreakers, great ways to start off the show. But hands down, my favorite way to prep for interviews is listening to guests on other podcasts because first of all, you get a really good understanding for their personality, their tone of voice, how they sound, what it's like talking to them. So you kind of have a leg up when you start the actual interview because you're like, oh, I've already heard this person before. Uh, and two, there's something about podcasts that just brings out so many random details and so many great stories and so many lessons about that guest who eventually becomes your guest 
that it gives you tons of material that you can poke and say, ooh, I definitely want to, you know, star this, circle this. Like, I would love to talk to Mark about, you know, his golf game, for example. So listening is, uh, again, just a huge, huge help when you're prepping. Yeah, that's, and not to mention if there are tough names to pronounce, uh, it's always nice to hear how they pronounce the names on another yeah, show. Exactly, that's that's most important. By the way, that's a a quick little tip there. If someone has a like Harun, who I mentioned, Mukhtarzada, like I I practiced that with him about five times uh, before that podcast went live. So I think in the quote unquote green room before you actually hit record is a great like last thing you do before you hit start before you hit record is to ask the guest the pronunciation of their name in company if needed. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, as I said early in the show, um, nobody ever wants to talk about their favorite of anything. So maybe we won't use the word favorite. But if, you know, thinking back to the shows that you've done, uh, let's exclude me, of course. You would be the answer for all of them. Unless yeah, this is a go. negative one. Maybe that too. No. <laughs> there you go. What, what's the, maybe, you know, the, the kind of the classification or the category, if you don't want to, you know, pick a particular show that, you know, stood out to you that was, you know, the most enjoyable? I'll, I'll give a, a few different areas because there's what I found and probably what you found as well is, you know, there's kind of a sweet spot of guests and what they do that it's always fun to, always fun to interview, always fun to talk to. But then every now and then it's, it's fun to talk to somebody that does a little bit different as well. And so I really appreciate variety with guests. First of all, there's this category of what will probably always be my, my all-time, all-time favorites, which is when I get to interview family members. So I've interviewed uh, in the first 200 episodes, uh, you know, I always, and I often do this around Thanksgiving. I call it the Thanksgiving special because I was thinking about family at that time. I've, I've interviewed my dad. I've interviewed my mom. I've interviewed my uncle, my dad's brother. I've interviewed my, uh, I call him uncle's family as well, but my second cousin's uh, out of Pittsburgh and their business. So that's kind of been the Thanksgiving ones. And there's been lots of family family friends, uh, including yourself, that kind of fit in that category as well. So th- those are always the most special because when you interview family members, uh, it's a really surreal, you know, like who does that in their free time? <laughs> so uh, it's a it's really surreal experience. And then there's like the ones that were like probably what you're reacting to when you see my posts about it and you're like, wait a second, how did they get this person? And on the on just the pure fun side, there's kind of some some fun voice actors, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, just hearing Bart Simpson, like it, essentially interviewing Bart Simpson was an out of this world experience. And then uh, similar to that, Susan Bennett, who actually was a voice actor who became the original voice of Siri on the iPhone. That was like back in episode 33, I want to say. And she, of course, did the Siri voice on the podcast as well. So those were extra, extra cool. And then notable entrepreneurs that jump out. I mean, uh, you know, these are all my favorite children. So I would say 200. But Matt Mullenweg from WordPress was was pretty surreal just using WordPress, you know, every single day. That That's a massive company. Aliweb from Drybar, uh, Stacy Madison from Stacy's Pita Chips. And then uh, some, some cool sports tie-ins I've since interviewed. Uh, MLB umpire Tim Timmons, Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone, which is my favorite. That was TV a good one. I, 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 that was a good one. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> that was that was extra special. Uh, Ken Pomeroy, if you're interested in March Madness and college basketball stats, and then uh, of course Channing Fry, the uh, Cleveland Cavalier champion, who's got a wine company as well. 
And that was surreal because, as I mentioned, that's that was the first podcast I ever listened to was Channing Fry's podcast. So that was surreal. He's been a dream guest since day one. So that was an extra pinch me moment. But you, you better stop me, Mark, before I list off all two hundred guests. Well, yeah, and, and I was gonna, you know, I was going to say that uh, you've mentioned Channing Fry more than one of my guests, a good friend of mine, Mitch Slater, who would mention yeah. Bruce Springsteen at least twenty three times. You know, oh in my a, god. In a, I remember that. <laughs> and also Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, he's a, uh, yeah. a big fan of Gary and Bruce. Yeah. So. Love Gary as well. We're coming down to the end of our show, and, and you know better than anybody. We do this uh, two-minute drill, uh, seven questions, and uh, as often I say, one word or two-word answers. Uh, oftentimes, people don't stick to the rule, you know, but we're going to stick to the rule today, Max. <laughs> okay. I'll, get, I'll give you no explanations for my choices. We'll be very cut and dry. <laughs> All right. We'll let you edit out some of that and shorten that all too. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Let, let's, let me, hold on. Let me buckle my seat. Okay. Let's go. All right. A brand that you admire or that inspires you? Barstool Sports. See, see, I, I need to explain this now because people are like, huh? <laughs> I'll, I'll give quick explanations, but as polarizing as some of the personalities can be, uh, whether you like them or don't, they have an incredible media company story. And I think growing up, ESPN was everything. And now I think you ask a lot of people my age and, and Barstool is everywhere. So their, their business case is very inspiring. Favorite app on your phone? Spotify for uh, both music and podcasts. Last website other than Amazon that you shopped from? Etsy. I believe it was for, well, actually, this is probably the only thing I bought on Etsy. <laughs> it, was, it was for personalized gifts for my groomsmen. I was going to say it must have been something related to uh, a wedding. Exactly, exactly. What a year for weddings, Mark. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Something that you're not good at, but that you wish that you were. Uh, my, <laughs> my Dana's going to laugh. Your Dana might laugh as well. Maybe it's the Midwest in me, but... I always get called out for just in like personal life being extremely slow moving. So you can probably tell by the pace I get through these questions, but I, whether it's like brushing my teeth or getting ready for bed or making lunch or putting on sunscreen, I often get called out for like, what's taking you so long? And I'm, I'm honestly not trying to be slow. It's just, I don't know. Like I, I don't have a quick speed except with podcast editing. Then I got you covered. <laughs> Charitable organization that you're passionate about. Alzheimer's association. That's, um, I mean, as, as many families know, it's, uh, it's not a fun thing when it, and your family starts to see impact of it, but, um, yeah, it's very close to heart. Yes, sir. Agreed. If you had one superpower, what would it be? This, this is another downer. Sorry, Mark. I think bringing people back, like, uh, you know, for those who have lost parents or grandparents, somebody close to them, like for me, like to, to bring my grandpa Henry or grandma Barb back, just to be able to hang with them, have conversation with them and see them again and learn from them again, I think would be a really, really cool superpower. And the last one, other than family, what's your most prized possession? This is the corniest one yet, but definitely my podcast mic. It's, uh, no, nothing has opened more doors than this. And uh, I believe it's the mic I recommended to you and a lot of my clients as well. So it's made a lot of things possible. All right. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Because you're a social media guy, wh where can people reach out to you on social media for all of their podcasting needs, or maybe they have guests uh, that they want to you know, pitch to you? How, how do people get in touch with you? I, I really appreciate it. So Max Brandstetter is where you can find me on all social media, B-R-A-N-S-T-E-T-T-E-R. 
spelled like it sounds, and then uh, you can find everything else at maxpodcasting.com. Okay, Max, uh, good to see you. Um, I really appreciate you uh, doing this today. And, and more importantly, I appreciate uh, your, your guidance and friendship and professionalism uh, in getting this all done. You know, uh, like I said, 62 episodes. You know, it's been fun. You know, there have definitely been days when, you know, geez, I have to, you know, record my show and I got to get it to Max because I promised it to him. But, uh, you know, you've made the process for me uh, really simple. And, uh, you know, I think for folks out there that uh, either want to do a show uh, or have other friends uh, that maybe, you know, want to do a show, please reach out to Max. Uh, He's very professional and uh, really can help get you on the right path. Thank you so much, Mark. That means a ton. And uh, what makes me the most happy is when my clients and, and people that have, I'd like to think I've taught things in the podcasting world when they keep going and going and kind of hit milestones and it you can tell podcasting opens doors for them as well so uh really makes me glad to hear and uh on that last note i'll just say that i i think every single podcast host there, there's a time in every podcaster's journey when you you feel like maybe stopping or, or feel like uh man do i really want to do this anymore and uh my answer is just you know if you have an interview show only interview people that you are excited to talk to because that, that's a key for keeping going. And with that, I uh, am endlessly grateful to you as well because I know you were dreading talking to me today. So thanks again, Mark. <laughs> All right, Max. Good to see you. Thanks very much. That's it. Today's game ball goes to Max Branstetter for coming on the marketing playbook. To me, today's three game-winning marketing plays were as follows. Number one, being good at what you do takes preparation. Whether you're prepping for a meeting or for an interview or even just for the new day, take some time to gather and organize your thoughts and then have a plan on how you're going to approach your work. Number two, networking. Not a new takeaway for those that have listened to this show before, but the topic comes up frequently. You never know when a relationship you created in the past will be able to help you down the road. Take some time to cultivate those relationships. It's so simple. A quick email, a note on LinkedIn, or even a text you'll be surprised how powerful the art of networking can be. And number three, content is king. Well, you've heard that before, but it really is true. So many of us want content on a variety of media, whether it be streaming TV or broadcast TV or radio or even podcasts. There's so much awesome content to consume. Spend time exploring your interests and maybe a new podcast will end up in your rotation. Or better yet, If you have the passion, start creating your own content, and perhaps Max can help you produce your podcast. Thank you, Playbook Marketers, for listening to another episode. If you want to check out more pages of the Marketing Playbook, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast spot and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Details Interact and learn more at DetailsInteractive.com. Until next time, the devil is in the details. Thank <laughs> you.